0: All right, good morning, Northwest. Hope you guys are doing well this, this morning. We're going to jump right back into chapter one of First Peter. And again, please make sure you listen to what we just covered and uh, we'll cover that throughout the message. Hopefully you'll stay along with us. So uh, chapter one of First Peter, chapter one of First Peter. I've got a question for you as you're turning there. And so here's the question. How do you praise God when things are not going well? How do you praise God when things are not going well? So here is what's going on. The scattered church is all over the world. They're being persecuted and things are not going well. Peter finds out about this and he's writing a letter to encourage them. But, but, but maybe for you, if we just sort of pause for just a minute before we get into 1 Peter 1, maybe you've heard something like this. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to let you go. How do you praise God when maybe you hear that? Or how do you praise God when you hear, I'm sorry that it's stage three cancer. That's what the test results came back to say. Or I'm, I'm sorry, there's nothing more that we can do for you. The chemo is not working. Or, or how about this? I'm sorry, um, I, I need to let you know, you are, are diabetic. And we've got to go to the hospital now. Now that last one is something I heard when I was... 12 years old not something you want to hear but here's the question that we have to have ask is a lot of us have had certain things take place and we have to ask the question when those things do take place because they are going to take place trials are going to come we know that on this side of heaven but the question is is how do we praise God when these things are happening how do we continue to praise God when things are not going so well so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look in First Peter and how First Peter 1, chapter verses 3 through 5, and how he answered this question. Because really what's going on right now is that things were not going well. And, and and you've had things not go well. I mean, how was Virtual Academy this week? <laughs> that good. Uh, yes, awesome. <laughs> so it's, in some days it was better than others, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so we have to look and we have to see. So when we're going through a tough time, sometimes you hear someone come up, comes up to you and says, oh, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And you're just not ready to hear quite that chipper of a response. You hear someone coming in and they're just praising Jesus and it's in a trial and you're just sort of in a funk and it just is not going well. And all of a sudden, Johnny Christian comes up, or whatever, and says, Oh, praise God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Well, here's what's happening. we got the Christians that are in this time, and they're really going through a tough time. And Peter comes up to him, and he says in verse 3, this is what he says. Take a look at verse 3. Verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Whoa! So here it is: persecution's going on; they're being ostracized from their family, and all of a sudden he comes in and he says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." Wow! I thought you were gonna ta- i thought you would say, uh, "Do this about the trial," or "Answer this," or "Do that," and and you're, or take it away. And that's not really what happened. So as we jump into the text this morning, the one thing that I want us to remember. It's this one point, okay? As we jump into the text, I want you to remember this one point. Here it is for you. How, it's a question. How do we grow well in a trial instead of grumbling through a trial? How do we grow well in a trial instead of grumbling through a trial? That's the question that we have to ask today. So how do we grow well in a trial instead of grumbling through a trial? Now Peter answers the question, and he says that the way you do this is by remembering your salvation. And that's what he's going to talk about really for three verses today and even more verses next week and the rest of the week. Okay, the rest, excuse me, the rest of chapter one. So, here's what, we, here's what we have right now. Let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 3 right now. So he starts off by saying, hey listen, how do we grow well in a trial instead of grumbling, grumbling through a trial? He says it very clearly. I want you to remember your salvation. So he starts off and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He begins with worship. He begins with, I want you to be captivated by King Jesus. I want you to know who he is. This Jesus Jesus Christ saved us from our sins through the resurrection. And and he is talking about, hey, who is God? Now, the title God can be associated to a lot of different things. In in Rome, there are many gods and goddesses. Okay, there's a God for everything. But Peter begins, knowing the context of where they are, and he says... The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants everybody to recognize that God is revealed through Jesus. That is the only way that we know God. Jesus is God in the flesh. And he starts off by saying, we praise God. Oh, I want to let you know something. Who is revealed through us through Jesus Christ. So he starts off with that right there. And then we, we recognize that he says, hey, how do you come and how do you worship? So he praises God. And what do we praise God for? We praise God for our salvation. We praise God for our salvation, and then He breaks it down into three really three cool areas, and I want to talk to you about those. So remember our big idea for for today. The question that we're going to all answer is this. I want to remind you of it. How do we grow well in a trial instead of grumbling through a trial? How do we grow well? in a trial instead of grumbling through a trial again the answer is remembering our salvation there's a lot of ways that we can get through a trial and not grumble through it but peter wants us to understand very clearly that remembering our salvation is the place that we should start that's the place we should start so he he breaks down our salvation and he gives characteristics about it and the first thing he says is our salvation this is in verse 4. Is, we, we rejoice in this. is because of a living hope that we have in Christ. Look at verse 3. Um, again, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Remember what Ephesians says in chapter 2. It says, you were dead. And then in chapter chapter 2, verse 4, it says, But God, we did that in our But God series. What did he do? He made us alive because of his great love and his great mercy. Here's what he's telling us right now. God simply saved you. He simply saved you. And what you have right now is you have a new birth and you have a living hope. Now, what are some things that we hope for? I think what we would listen, I, I hope it didn't rain today. Right, so we come out here and we can have this. Church, we can have service outside. There's a lot of things that we can have hope for, and that's. I hope it doesn't rain, or I hope I pass the test, or I hope I get my work done, or I. I, I hope this, or I hope that. But, but what we're talking about in this this text right now, and what he's talking about is it's a living, active hope that is that is confident, it is fixed, and it is secure in Christ. So he's saying, I want you to bless the Lord Jesus Christ because of the living hope that is possible through the resurrection. So what are are some things? An eager, confident expectation. It's not like a dead hope or it's not like it's something that is empty. It's active. It's alive. The the New Living Translation says, we live with great expectation. We live with great expectation. And so where does this hope originate? Look Look at that verse again. Look at it again, it says, this living hope, where does it come from? Through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. That sets everything apart. This is the type of hope that the world cannot promise and does not give. It's a hope that's um, totally in Christ. So so the disciples are sitting here, and they're going through all of this junk, and they're like, man, how how do we praise God when all this is going on? And, And Peter comes, and he says, listen, I just want you to know that you can praise God because of this living hope that you have. It is fixed. You can depend on it. It is good, and there's nothing like it. And we need this living hope. So we praise God for our living hope. That's a part of our salvation. The second thing I want us to see is we praise God for our beautiful, beautiful inheritance. We praise God for our beautiful inheritance. Take a look at verse 4 to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Our inheritance in one word is summarized by the word heaven. All that heaven encapsulates, that is our inheritance. That's what is waiting for us. That's what we have. When we say yes to Jesus, we have this inheritance. He goes on and he breaks it down. It's in imperishable. Now, if if you were to go to the fair this year, but you're not, right? There's no fair so there's no the fair is canceled. But usually when you go to the fair, you go to um, you, you go to the, the day that it says bring your non-perishable food items to the fair. So you can bring your food because why? That food does not spoil and it does not perish. And you bring that and you give it to them. Now listen, I used to work at a Christian school, and you you all know that I just said a minute ago, I'm I'm diabetic. And one day at this Christian school, I got really, really low. My blood sugar got really, really low. And I needed something to eat really bad, so I ran into the kitchen of the Christian school. I ran in there to find anything that I could eat, and usually when this happens, I start stuffing food in my face. I'm laughing. You can laugh about that. It's okay. And so I stuffed food in my face, and then I tried to find something to drink, and at this point in time, I started stuffing food in my face, and I just reached in and grabbed a good old carton of milk. And I just grabbed this milk to try to shrug it down. Well, listen, that milk was bad; it had perished. Okay, uh, I think I might dry heave right now. I'm just kidding. I just, I just saying, I said, here, here's, here's what, here's what the text is saying right now. It is this, this salvation that we have. He says that it's imperishable. It is undefiled. It means it does not deform or debase, degrade. It's not flawed. There are many things in the world that are flawed. This salvation that you have is not flawed. It's perfect. It's beautiful. There's nothing like it. And then he comes down. He says it's unfading. We, we moved into our house several years ago, and we had a flag on the front porch that we, when we moved in, there was a flag there. And I've had to replace that flag because of the sun. It fades the flag, and so the flag was really faded and so i took it down and i got a new one and i put that up there here's here's what i'm trying to say this salvation that we have is it's unfading it does not fade it does not change it's beautiful so here they are they're going through all of these problems and we're trying to answer the question how do we grow in a trial and not grumble through a trial and peter comes and he says hey i just want you to remember something i want you to praise god in that trial and he goes, because of your salvation, there's a living hope that you have, and there is a, there is a, a beautiful, beautiful inheritance. And I want you to remember that inheritance that you have, um, that it never fades. He also goes on and says, it's kept in heaven, meaning it's reserved for you. If you've placed your faith in Christ and you've said yes to him, then listen, you have a seat that is reserved for you in heaven. That's, that's what he's saying. It's kept. It's reserved. It's there. It's yours. Then he goes down to one more thing that we can praise God for. He goes on to one more. And, and, and this is kind of kind of interesting. He goes like this. He says in verse five, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Look, Northwest, here, here is the God of creation. The God of creation who spoke the world into existence. In Genesis chapter one, it says, and God said, and God said, and God said. Remember, God said there would be light, and there was light. and God said there was, dar- was darkness. And God said there was this, and God said there was this. And it just goes on and on and on in Genesis chapter 1 about God saying, and God saying, and God saying, and God saying. We know the power of God just by his spoken word. Then we can see the power of God by defeating death, sin, and Satan. And we can also know that by God's power, our salvation is secure. When you say yes to Jesus, it is secure. How? It is secured by God's power, not by your power or by your roller coaster of experiences. But but it's it's saved by God's power. Remember remember what we talked about just a minute ago when we break down our salvation. We break down our salvation and we realize that in the past we are saved from the penalty of sin. We are saved from the penalty of sin. That's our salvation. What's the the mark for penalty? What's the symbol for penalty? Okay, right here, right? This is what we just learned. We are saved from the penalty of sin. This is our salvation. Remember, they're going through trials. They're grumbling. He's like, I want you to grow in this. The way you grow in this is you remember your salvation. And remember your salvation is you are saved from the penalty of sin. And then he says, hey, you are being saved or you are saved from the power of sin okay give it to me you're saved from the power of sin all right hope you're doing that at home so you're saved from the power of sin and then lastly what's going to happen here is that we are saved in the future we will be saved from what the presence of sin okay we're saved from the presence of sin so here's here's what we have and how is that accomplished It's accomplished simply by the power of God, not by our power. It's it's accomplished by the power of God, not our power. Now, and it says it here, um, it, it says as we continue to go on, the reason he wanted them to worship, the reason he wanted them to worship was be first and foremost, you have lots of reasons, but the primary reason that he wanted them to worship and he was leading them in this way He was leading them this way so that they would not forget the beauty of their salvation. It is a living hope. It is a beautiful inheritance. And it is secured by God's power. So, if you remember the big idea, here's what we're going to talk about. Here's here's the big idea, and I want to change it up for you at the end so that we can really apply it to our lives. So here's the big idea. How do we grow well in a trial Instead of grumbling through a trial? How do we grow well in a trial instead of grumbling through a trial? And then I said, we remember our salvation. Now I'm going to change it on you as we sort of apply the message to our lives. I'm going to change it, and here you go. You ready? You ready? How do I grow in a trial instead of grumbling? through a trial you heard the pronoun change right so it's corporate and now it's individual and so here's my challenge and here's what I want for you is I want you to really focus on that question this week in regards to your salvation and in regards to family conversation at the dinner table on the way home I want you to take that big idea and I want you to say, okay, we learned at the end of the message, we learned how do I grow well in a trial instead of grumbling through a trial. Your statement can be something very simple as, well, I'm going to remember my salvation. I'm going to remember my salvation. And here's here's the key. The key is, Focusing on that time when you knew that you were a sinner and that you placed your faith in Christ. And listen, if you haven't done that, then my challenge and Peter's challenge is, is, I want you to have that living hope, that beautiful inheritance. And I want you to know God's beautiful, beautiful power that can secure your salvation. Again, he doesn't go and address all of the stuff that's going on. The persecution, the family ostracism. He doesn't address that. What he does is he refocuses them to the beautiful, beautiful King Jesus that we serve who made all things possible. I mean, our songs sort of set us up for really holding on to this truth of the message this morning. And that is that if we have a salvation, That in the midst of all that's going on, we can hold on to it. So, what, what are we going to do? We're going to ask that question. I want to challenge you to sit down this week as you go home, as you ride a bike on the trail as you walk on the trail as you run whatever the case might be but i want you to take this big idea how do i grow in a trial instead of grumbling through a trial okay we we've all grumbled we've we've been grumbling <laughs> some days are better than other days right and so he's given us this great great salvation here's a prayer that i learned to pray this week and i was challenged to pray this week Here's here's three prayers that a Christian could pray when they're going through a trial. And I want to submit this to you as an act of as a as an illustration or as a application. Here's three prayers that you could pray. Lord, get me out of this trial. Or Lord, get me through this trial. Or Lord, grow me through this trial. Okay? I'm going to give it to you one more time. Lord, get me out of this trial. Lord, get me through this trial. Or, Lord, grow me through this trial? I want to ask you, and I'm okay with an answer. (laughs) What prayer does a disciple-maker pray of those three? I hope it's pretty obvious, right? The disciple-maker prays the prayer, Lord, will you please based on your sovereignty and your goodness, will you grow me through this trial? Not get me out of this trial or not get me through this trial, but Lord, let me consider it pure joy, as James says, when you encounter trials. Why? Because when we did the the study on the book of James, we realized that it's not rejoicing in the trial. It's not rejoicing in the trial. It's rejoicing that Jesus is in the trial with you teaching, molding you to be and me to be the person that we want to be. This week, personal uh, thing happened to me as I was studying this message and as I came to the part about living hope. Like, what do you hope for? And I would say this. One day I'm looking forward to taking this thing right here, off. It's called an insulin pump. Setting it down on the table. Feasting, with King Jesus. And eating, crispy Kareem donuts, like there's no tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I look forward. To that day, when all things all things are made right. But. Until that day comes, may you and I embrace the trials, not grumble through them, but ask the king of the universe to ask him and say, God, just teach me and grow me and help me not to grumble. I look forward to that day when there is no sin and all things are made right. But let us be faithful until we get to that time. I love you guys. Let us continue to ask the question, how can I grow in a trial and not grumble through it? Love you guys. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for um, just how you have taken care of us and watched over us. I pray that you would um, lead us in every way possible. Lord, we realize that the struggle that they were going through may not be like the struggle that we are going through, but Lord, the the world is fallen and there is sin in the world. And so relationships can be strained and situations can be very difficult. And so I'm asking you, God, to just help us as disciples who make disciples to help us to grow through the trials that we are faced with. Help us to recognize this living hope that we have. Help us to realize there is a beautiful inheritance that we have that is awaiting us when we sit down with you and help us to realize that that inheritance and that hope is secured because of God's power not our power we look forward to that day when all things are made right we look forward to this week how you are going to teach us how we can grow through a trial and not grumble through a trial first and foremost help us to remember our salvation help us to start there but help us not to just stay there. Help us to see all that you are doing and all that you will do. I love you, God. Thank you for our church. May you bless them this week. May you just bless our time together as we continue to sing. In Jesus' name, amen.